The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Middle call! Heavy, hey! Welcome. You don't have to wait for me if you got something you want to say. That's just a great line. There's only three things in life you can be sure of. Death, taxes, and Ocho is going to be open. <laughs> Do you know that Ocho is a soccer uh, analyst? Uh, yeah, I, only because I saw him like two weeks ago on Fox. And you, when you look at him, you think he he's built like a soccer player. At least maybe now he's lost, maybe he's dropped, slimmed down a little since his NFL days. He's McDonald's every day. I, that's right. I saw him, and I legit like if you didn't, if you weren't really looking, you'd just think like that was some soccer analyst, you know. He, I, I stumbled upon to him one day. He's very passionate. Like he uh, was screaming at one of the other analysts and bet them a month's salary that he was going to be right, whatever his take was. Oh, him and Skip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like Alexi Lawless's cousin or something, you know. Alexi's always mad. I'm glad the internet has come to Shannon Sharp's defense, you know. You, you know what's so as stupid? If, as if anyone, like, you know what? Somebody needs to stand up to Skip Bayless. It's like, yeah, everyone's been, quote unquote, standing up to Skip Bayless forever. No you know what pisses me off about side. that is I had to what? run some errands this morning and I just have Fox Sports Radio on, on my car. Yeah. And they play that, like, on Sirius XM on Channel 83. That, that plays before Coward comes on, just the TV simulcast. Mm-hmm. And if you're just listening, because I, I, it was just on. And you would think, I bet Shannon and him, they hate, they, they were laughing and joking. He's like, guys, it's a television show. Like, they, they, they the, the whole Acho thing, like, all these people are attempting. Now, both of them, it, the Twitter thing doesn't lead to ratings. Like, whenever I see the numbers, like, no one's watching. But that's what they're trying to do. It's not like, it's like the disrespect of Shannon. It's like, guys, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And I see so many, like, credible, like, writers and stuff. Like, Shannon doesn't need your defense. He's good. But but again, that's the whole show is based on this stuff. It's a it's an arguing show. It's all fake. The whole thing's fake. You don't think that uh, you don't think that Skip is a diehard Cowboys fan, John? I do kind of think that he roots for the Cowboys just because he's so you know it's his stick. Right. I, but I I don't think he could separate. Right. I do think he authentically roots for them in the same way that Acho authentically rooted f- for Tua on Monday night so that he could be right. 
Yeah. Two and one, three of 17. And as you tweeted, it looked worse than the numbers. Did it finish three of 17? Maybe it was a little better. Than no, it. he finished like yeah, 10 of 28. Yeah, he was better than three of 17 in the end. But here's what I give Skip credit. He, he's a businessman. He picked the Cowboys. Emmanuel Acho well, yeah, yes. writing like the, the Tua. But, but, but that's my like, point is Skip picked the Cowboys. Like that's the proof. That's all the proof you need. Yeah. Although I bet Tua, not bad for clicks probably for a period of time, but there's an expiration date on that. It'll die fast. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'd say it's dying these last two weeks hard. You know what you should have done is what I did today, which is I've just spent the whole day. It's Thursday. It's Tuesday afternoon. Not Thursday yet. Niners play Thursday against the Seahawks. It's Tuesday afternoon uh, here in the Pacific or uh, Arizona time zones. It's uh, later in the Eastern time zones. It's evening there. So if you're listening to this podcast after the fact, great to have you hit that. Uh, I guess there's not really nothing you hit. Uh, you probably already subscribed. Maybe if you're not already subscribed. Um, I live in West Coast time, though, guy. I heard yeah. Windhorse is like, I operate in East Coast time. He's based yeah. in Omaha. Yeah. I really, like, if I get up at 7.30, I'm like, I'm actually getting up at 6.30. Good, you're ahead of the game. changed my life. Yeah, you're ahead of the game. But then you realize Wall Street's still two hours ahead of you. But still, yeah. you're, <laughs> uh, you're ahead of the game. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, great to have you there as well. Uh, subscribe, like the video. I've spent... Uh, all but about 30 minutes of my day listening to Mike Leach stories or watching Mike Leach videos today. I don't know if you've consumed a lot of it. We have a lot to talk about today, especially from an NFL standpoint, but I got to tell you, man, the Mike Leach thing is... Um, you you want to just do the ads and then dive into Leach and then get into the 49ers? Because I, I have some thoughts on Leach too. Yeah. Yeah, we're sponsored by Tito's. I was just kind of setting. The, I'm, well, I just, I just okay. wanted to Sorry, say. I didn't like mean that. to ruin. It. I, no, no. I want to dive into leech. No, you didn't it's ruin it. It's, hard, ruin it's hard to just surface level leech. Yeah, know? I did. I didn't even want to. I just want to say, like, I'm, I am working through a mood as we do this show today. And I didn't know Mike is what you know. I'm just like I've just consumed when you consume so much of somebody just died. It's uh, it just puts you in a weird spot. Yeah, it's tough. I'm kind of there right now. But anyway, we are sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. Numero uno, whatever you're drinking, wherever you're going, hosting a party, bellying up to the bar, Tito's Handmade Vodka. That's what you need. <laughs> I might need one after ruining the mood there. Uh, no, you Tito's Vodka, go get it right now. Holiday time, obviously, you know, to celebrate the pirate, one of the all-time greats. Because I'm in a celebratory mood of Leach. I've actually just read so many positive stories of younger people uh, that influenced, he influenced their life and just obviously had a huge influence on the sport of football. You know what he liked? Not what? even kidding. Tito's yeah. tea. That was his drink? I, it wasn't his. I don't think it was his own. I just, I've heard stories where he would roll in with a Tito's and tea and like a tea. Sweet tea, tea or like a iced tea? No, I think like hot tea. Hot tea. Wow, that's might have to try that. In Although now that you tonight. say that, maybe it was a cold tea. Uh, it was relayed to me secondhand, so I assumed it was a hot tea because he always had a hot drink. But maybe it wasn't just a Tito's and iced tea. Might have been. That would make some more sense, actually. Yeah. So uh, go get your Tito's holiday spirit. Go to your parties with a bottle of Tito's with a handle of Tito's. The price point's always incredible relative to the other alcohols. Probably why it's the number one vodka in America, mainly because it tastes great, but also the price point's tough to beat, and it's one of the great bar calls of all time. Tito's soda. Or Tito's and water and lemon. That'll get you some attention. Yeah. Well, when I posted a Tito's water and lemon on IG story last week, I got several people replied to me, or as a reel, and said, oh, man, like that, that'll put some hair on your chest. It's actually, the beauty of it is you can completely regulate. It's so easy to just add water. 
you know, or then you add some tequila, then you add some more water. That's a very easy drink to kind of regulate um, what it needs a little more of or whatever. So it would only be water or Tito's. There's really, that's all it could need more of. (laughs) Pretty Um, easy drink. Also, the Tito's and and uh, ginger, a gray. And if you want to spice something up for the holidays, go to the titosvodka.com website. And they got all kinds of great um, recipes there. Tito's, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. We are also brought to you by, and I just got a great email today, John. Are they about to send us some food? We're about to get a bunch of free butcher box. Now you can't, you can't get it all for free, but you can get something for free. You can be like us. Fill in yourself and your fridge and your family's fridge with butcher box. And you can get some free ground beef for life when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham. Help us be good partners. Okay. <laughs> Partners, uh, keyword there. Support the show. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Use the promo code ham. Get free ground beef for life. Go there right now. Chicken, steaks, ribs. <laughs> Once send us lobster tail. Uh, ground beef. Obviously, get free ground beef for life. Go check it out right now. Butcherbox delivers to your house. Very easy. All across the continental U.S. Can't beat it. Convenience. Easy. Fresh. Good food. Uh, feed an army with these guys. Yeah. That's well said. Um, Exclusive member deals. You can save on your big, uh, you can save big on your favorite cuts. If you know exactly what you want, you can get exactly what you want from Butcher Box. If you're not sure exactly what you want, they've got curated boxes pre kind of set and they'll send you the good stuff. Free shipping in the continental U.S. No surprise fees. This holiday, make it better and tastier with Butcher Box for a limited time. All our listeners, ground beef for life, plus 10 bucks off for your first order. Sign up today, butcherbox.com slash ham, code ham, 10 bucks off your first box, and ground beef for the life of your membership, butcherbox.com slash ham, and code ham, double whammy, butcherbox.com slash ham. You can be like Kyle Shanahan, uh, quarterback at the line of scrimmage. Ham, ham, ham. That's what they're always yelling to change the play. You know, they want to flip the play. They just yell, ham, ham. Listen next time. Yeah, they're doing the horns thing. Listen next time, and um, and you'll hear them yelling ham. So. Ham, 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 ham. Pretty sure is what they're yelling anyway. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Mike Leach, uh, if you're not following that story, which is probably hard to miss if you've been consuming sports, but he died Monday, 61 years old. And um, there's been a great mix. To, like you, to your point, there's been a great mix of like heartfelt, loving messages and just amazing stories. Mike Leach is incredible because he's a revolutionary football coach but he's even a more storied person. And uh, there's a million stories from Lincoln Riley and Kyle Whittingham and him were very close. Um, did you know that? I did not know that they were close. No, but it makes sense. I mean, Leach went to BYU, right? Kyle's a BYU guy. Um, both oh, yeah. just real, both just real dudes. That's the other thing. But, I think I think him and Lane were pretty good buddies because they knew each other through Monty. I think Monty and him. I, oh. I heard Lane ask the question, and Mike, or Mike was asked about Lane. Like it's obviously they became in a weird way rivals with the Mississippi State and Ole Miss thing. But I think they had known each other for even before. Because remember they coached each other against each other in the Pac-12. Yeah, but they knew each other through Monty. I think when he was at Texas Tech. Gotcha. Interesting. Wait, where was Monty? Well, he was in the NFL, but I just mean oh, like okay. he was you know, around. through you know, coaching circles. Um, I, I just I remember 
stumbling upon an interview where Leach talked about Lane. Like, you know, they're supposed to be like hated rivals, but I actually think they liked each other a lot. And Lane gave a good, like, they put something out at Ole Miss today. Yeah. Did you ever go through uh, a Leach school when you were scouting? I did. I went his first year at Washington State, and our, my buddy, my brother's good buddy, uh, Stevie Hofert, yeah, was on the team. So, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, I did briefly. How remember the guy Legarrette Blunt punched? Iron was his GA. Oh. and I remember asking him a bunch of questions because I was there early in the morning, and Leach doesn't come in until about lunchtime about what it was like, the experience so far working for him. Coming, yeah, because he was a Boise State player, and then he yeah. goes to work for Leach. And, yeah, they were terrible that year. I think they ended up going three and nine, but it took him like three, four years to get it going. But when he got it going, he became for a stretch of time when David Shaw was running the Pac-12. I mean, Mike Leach and Chris Peterson, I think, were tied for second in wins for like over a five-year stretch. I mean, they, you know, Texas Tech has not been the same since Leach left. I mean, he's on the short list. I would say over the last fifteen plus years. He's a bigger name when he was hired at Washington State than Harbaugh was when he got hired at Stanford. And just in terms of like what he'd already done. Plus the Craig James things made him more famous, probably. Yeah, you'd probably say Lincoln's the biggest hire of the conference over the last that I'd period say of time. Chris Peterson was really big for Washington. Mm-hmm. I- I'd put Leach right up there too. I remember yeah. going through thinking like this guy's really famous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he was, and the ESPN, the Craig James thing was part of what. Yeah, he put his kid in a in a what was it? A shed? Yeah, well, a shed. You know, for concussion protocol. Yeah, because but I dark. think a lot of it was bullshit. And 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 Leach ultimately, I remember it coming up in a meeting. I had. I I didn't know Mike. How many games know, like, did you do of his? I probably did like four plus a spring game. So, but I had a. I've had you know several meetings with him. I've been. They, they used to do an annual coaches dinner. Um, at media day and I'd get to go to that. And I remember one time sitting there and him and Rich Rod, Rich Rod was, you know, Rich Rodriguez was also a big character and Rich Rod, just him and Rich Rod, just sitting at the, like a bunch of people sitting around and they are just going, telling stories back and forth about, I think him and Rich Rod would hang out in Key West. Um, so, you know, I, I, uh, I don't have any, like Rich Rod was at Arizona when I was going through too. He was, he was also one of a kind, right? Yeah. His football team was pretty good this year at Jacksonville State. I think they went like nine and one or something. Yeah. Um, I think I, you know, there's so many good stories and like big picture things on Mike. Uh, uh, I don't pretend to know him very well, but, you know, the people that do all uh, loved, um, so many people loved him. Um, But like, I I remember at first, John, not thinking like, is this real? You know, I didn't quite get, I, I thought there was something I had to get. Like, I don't get it. I remember the first time we talked to him. We did a coach's call on the phone and he famously walks from home to any to the office, like you said, like 11, 1130, whatever. And he would stop and get coffee. And the whole time he's like talking to people as he walks by and he walks into the coffee shop and he's talking to the people at the coffee shop. And then he talks to us and then he keeps talking to people at the coffee shop. Uh, So that stuff's all real. I think the last game I did of theirs. Now, not the last game. I did a game of theirs 2018, which was the second week. They played San Jose State. That was the Minshew year. And that night, you know, you go to the practice on a Friday. The game's on a Saturday. You go to practice Friday. And Leach was taking the whole team to the movie theater that night. You know, you were in college football. Like, you take the team. Everybody gets people. walk. You know, there's like five different maybe screens. And the kids go see whatever movie they want to see. And Leach just standing on the field. Didn't really want you. Like, you try to ask him questions about the game. And he wouldn't really get into it. But you ask him anything else. 
and I didn't eat. I wasn't even trying to be funny. We just started talking about the movie theater, and he talked for five, six minutes about how people have it really wrong about how they manage their snacks and drinks while they're watching a movie. And he explained that his thing is that he he gets his snack and he gets his drink, but he doesn't touch either of them until the previews are done. Because if you, if you drink your drink, he's like, I don't understand people that drink their drink before the movie starts. Because then the movie starts and you're out of your drink and then you have to pee. Yeah. Like an hour into the movie. So he thought that he was very adamant that <laughs> you had to. <laughs> he just had a. T- I mean, it was incredible. He had he didn't just have a superficial take on everything. He had an in-depth opinion with like real knowledge on everything. He was, I, I, I mean, his mind was just incredible. Uh, and, honestly, and he was very funny. Yeah. I he mean, knew I, it. he knew he was funny to me. He gets so much credit for being a unique, authentic person in, in a, in a sport, definitely more in college football than the pros where, you know, a lot of these guys put on a face for recruiting and boosters that they're just not really them. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's very political in college football, unlike right. the NFL where you can kind of be yourself. And he clearly never played that game. But I, I was thinking a lot about him today. And really, it felt like in a weird way, a couple days ago, it was inevitable he was going to pass away from yeah. all reports, like he mm-hmm. was in, in bad condition. You get a lot of credit, right, if you win in any sport anywhere, right? Hell, if I go win at the for the Yankees or at Alabama football or, you know, the fucking Detroit Red Wings or Manchester United, winners are winners. But, like... What Tim Cook's doing at Apple, it's impressive, but Apple was a behemoth when he took it over. Like, you go to some little company and you turn it into something from nothing, and you go head-to-head with companies or programs or teams that have more resources than you do. It's why the Tampa Bay Rays and Billy Beans A's for years get so much credit. Like, they have no business playing with the Yankees or the Red Sox. He had no business at Texas Tech playing with Texas or at Washington State playing with Oregon and USC, or at Mississippi State going toe-to-toe with LSU and Texas A&M. It really is crazy. He had, in 22 years, I looked at his records, four losing seasons. He never had one at Texas Tech. Three of them were at Washington State. He inherited such a disaster. And, and probably got very, was, it all, was it the first three years? It was the first three of the first four years. And he obviously had winning records. He went 8-4 and four this year at Mississippi State. You go eight and four every year at Mississippi State. Like that is incredible. That's the worst team in the division. I think he had started to prove he can win in the SEC. He had just started to prove that this year. Do you think that took his kind of hype up to a different level? Going eight and four and like taking out A and M and taking out Lane and beating LSU. Like I don't know. I you know I, I that would be something that like somebody in the South would have to answer for me. I didn't feel like I thought it went to a new level in eighteen when he had a top ten team with Minshew. And I heard one of his former quarterbacks say that, that Minshew actually brought out even more in Mike, like publicly. Mike became a little more playful because Gardner brought that out in him. Um, but I don't know. Do, I, I don't. I didn't feel like Mike got more famous the last three years. I feel no, like no, no, no. Extremely his, famous. His fame when he went there was enormous. I think the credibility from a football standpoint, like his shit went to the SEC in that division. Yeah, Auburn, I, Bama, I LSU, A and M. I mean, <laughs> Arkansas is good. <laughs> that is that thing is a mother and just went toe-to-toe with everyone immediately. Remember his first was his first game against LSU, his quarterback threw for like seven thousand yards. It was the guy from Stanford. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. They I heard somebody a couple kind things. of the beginning of the end of Ed Ogeron's LSU career. Think how many coaches 
I also thought about this. When you do that, like at these schools and you start beating people that are just above you in college football, it's resources, recruiting. How many coaches over the years has he put on the street? Yeah, I mean he's yeah, I mean he's put a lot into jobs though too. They probably hired he put somebody on the street and then they hired his guy probably right. One hundred percent. But I'm saying coaches that were like their AD and their boosters like you can't be losing to this program and he consistently beat them and they get fired and he plays a pretty big role in them losing their job because they think well, I could be paying half as much for the recruiting budget and I heard a couple good stories. Jacob Hester was telling a story. You know he went to LSU, but he was telling a story today. I heard him on I was listening to ESPNU radio. And he was saying he went on a recruiting visit. It was Texas, Texas Tech. And he's like, Texas is just where, you know, Texas is sweet. These guys are swagged out. They got the Nike swoosh. And he's like, Texas Tech. He goes, I swear to God, I'm not trying to be mean. I don't even know. In hindsight, I couldn't tell you what the logo on their jersey was, like who the manufacturer of their jersey He's Like he tried to describe it. He's like, it's not a manufacturer. I could even, I don't see the logo. It's like a little, it's like a stick figure with big feet and a big head. He's like, I don't know what the logo was. I don't know who made their jerseys, but their jerseys were made by somebody that is a company that nobody's ever heard of and probably doesn't exist anymore. And Texas was the opponent and they beat Texas's ass with a bunch of guys that should have been on their team. Did you see the story today at the time? It's the year at Oklahoma for Bob Stoops. Leach concocted this plan to leave a fake call sheet on the practice, on the field pregame. No. So they he made he made a fake call sheet that he had one of the players drop pregame. Texas got their hands on it. Had second play of the game, it had flea flicker. And they ran it to the opposite side of the fake flea flicker play. They got up 17 to nothing before Texas realized they'd been duped. So they ran all the plays, but the opposite of what it said on the sheet. Yeah, or they that they either ran them to the opposite side because it had to kind of look like the play, or they just didn't run it, but they knew where the defense would be. Yeah, it had been pretty cleverly. Leach Leach did that to them. And then I heard Colt McCoy say today, like one of the things, because Colt McCoy's from that part of Texas, Lubbock area. He's like Southern Texas, I think. Yeah, like West, West Texas. He's like, everybody kind of goes to Texas Tech. He's like, when we were coming up, we everyone's running like the veer, you know. He said, Mike Leach, the air raid took over the state of Texas high school football because of Mike Leach. Like Mike Lee, I would imagine, John, there are, if we had, there are probably 500 high school coaches talking Mike, maybe a thousand high school coaches telling Mike Leach stories today. Guy, he changed the sport. when you and I were at Davis High, we ran the wing tee, and th- I think Davis High was was emblematic of the majority of high school programs. I don't think you could go from Davis all the way to Florida up to Philly. The majority of high school programs are flinging the rock, right? I'm I'm not saying just flinging the rock. I'm saying go four or five wide. Yeah. I felt by the time I was at Without, Fresno State you could, because you would think like you can't we don't have the skill guys to run the five wide right but it's actually pretty basic I think once you learn it through his lens I think his influence on the sport passing the ball infiltrated up and down yeah right yeah. I I would be shocked if you from Andy Reid to Sean Payton to every OC in the NFL to obviously college football that they don't have quote unquote air raid and, and in a weird way. He's his own guy, but like I, I thought about it this morning, he did leave the country. Lincoln Riley, who's a Texas Tech guy, who who was a quarterback for him that he said you should coach, and then he coached for him for what? I mean, almost a decade. Lincoln like stormed out and then came back the next day and said, "Okay, I'll coach." Wasn't he on his coaching staff for a long time? Yeah, 
Yeah, and the guy that just got hired at North Texas, Eric Morris, was a receiver for him on those really good Crabtree teams. Make fun of Kingsbury, but I mean Kingsbury became an NFL coach. Yeah, Kingsbury was a, a legend. What Welker's hit one of his guys. I think he's Welker would be an OC sometime. And Amendola. I, I've I've heard Amendola has very good. I heard uh, Chris Long said that him and Amendola used to go to music festivals, <laughs> both known as like party guys. And they would Amendola. Chris Long didn't know him, but Amendola obviously knew Mike. And they would call like they'd get really drunk and just call Mike. And Mike would just stay on the phone with them for an hour, just entertaining them. As they were on drugs and high. Yeah, as they were just doing God knows what. Leach would just uh, tell them stories. The, I guess so. The air raid takes three days to install. And the way Wash the stories I would always heard of Washington State was they would install it for three days and then they would just do the same three days again. And once a week at practice, they would only run what they called the six route, which was just, or six, play six, just four go routes. That's it. Four goes. Once a week. So once every five days, their practices were all verts. All day. All day. We're like, yeah, this is my favorite day of practice because we just run four goes every day at practice. That's the whole day at practice. That's all we did once a week. Six. That was that was Mike's favorite play was six. Four four verts. Um, and his, you know, his play sheet was just an index card with the numbers of the plays on them and the same plays. They're always the same plays. Cause I heard a story. He used to, he would just do a little check Mark next to each play. There was one game, one of the plays he marked off 22 times. They ran the same exact play 22 times. Well, isn't that to speaks to the programs already that he's at are constantly playing teams with quote unquote, better players. Yeah. Two without, the talent and with a pretty basic offensive philosophy, he constantly won. Like it is kind of crazy how it worked consistently his entire career for two and a half decades. <laughs> it's nuts. There's just not many of him because clearly, like Lincoln is way more expansive than Mike. He runs the ball a lot, and he he has a lot different more pitches in the in the operation. Bob Stoops, I heard Bob Stoops tell a story today. I guess Mark Mangino, remember him? Fuck yeah, I remember Mark Mangino. So Mark was on the staff when Leach was the OC for Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops' first year at Oklahoma, he hired Leach from Kentucky. And and Mike's like, this is our offense. And, you know, Mike's offense doesn't run the football. And Mangino was like, I've got this run play. It's going to be perfect. And Leach said, that is a great run play, but we're not going to I'm not going to run it. <laughs> like, I don't do that. <laughs> But that was the that's why his his games were so high scoring because his defense only practiced against his offense. So you could run power against his defense and score on them all day long. That's what made that 18 team, even the 17 team in Washington State, like they got better on defense. And all of a sudden, like if you give an air raid team historically, if you give an air raid team a defense, it's pretty hard to well look at what could you get at Mississippi State, like Fletcher Cox, and they got you can get athletes there that are going to play in the league just on defense. Yeah. Right. So if he yeah. just has a couple NFL guys, Darius Slay went there. He was going to be a problem. If he ever got the right quarterback there, which Patrick Rogers, clearly pretty good player. The guy he had this Will, year, uh, Will, right. But Will, Will Rogers, Will, Will Patrick. I thought it was Will. Is it Patrick? I don't know. I retweeted him today. He, he told a good story. Oh, he did. Um, not even a story, but just thanking him. He, he was like, I was a first grader when Graham Harrell threw that ball oh, to Crabtree. Yeah. And it was yeah, just. Will. Yeah. And you start, whenever you see some of that stuff, it always puts in perspective. Like, God damn, I feel old. 
That's the beauty of uh, being bald. You never go gray. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry, you were saying just, yeah, Will Rogers was putting up numbers. But my, my take is uh, at Mississippi State, you can get defensive players because you can get guys into school. We know he could score. You could, I, I wonder the sad part about today, and I, this just crossed my mind now. I wonder if people around like him that knew him well, and I don't know if he, Mike even talks like this, but like, we're just scratching the surface here of like, watch the fuck out. I think it's very possible that because to your point, if he won consistently in the SEC, that would have taken him to another level, even though it felt felt like he had just kind of already reached kind of because look at the teams he'd be he'd be upsetting. Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, now Hugh Freeze, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin. Like his division was the most famous coaches in the country. Yeah. I mean, think, think about the names. Just Gus Malzahn, who was there. Right. Uh, he's just playing really, really famous coaches that are highly compensated. And so if you beat him, like he he destroyed Ed Ogeron's career. Who Once did he, he start kicking he Ed beat, Ogeron's ass? It was John, he beat AM by 40, 18 points this year. He beat Arkansas by 23 this year. He beat it? Auburn in OT. He beat all destroyed by Bama. Yeah, which yeah. happens. Tough I mean, his that was kind of the thing. It's like the question: Are you ever going to win a league championship? Well, I don't know. Would your program ever win eight games without him? Historically, not many times. Yeah. So, uh, the RP. fat little girl, the, the fat little girlfriend's rant. Did you listen to that one today? I'd forgotten about that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I didn't, but I remember it. It's so good. We just need more people to just say what they believe. I just it's now, a lost art of human. There were times where he would like just totally rip his team post game that it, like he would call his guys soft and you know he would just say shit. You'd be like, God, I don't need to take some accountability. But he was the same guy all the time. I mean, you know. Um did you see the threat of him the Texas Tech team just fucking destroying them? Yeah. God, they was that one. The year after the 11 and 2 team, like, you think you're good because fucking Michael Crabtree last year was catching touchdowns? You ain't Michael Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, here's a comment on the stream it says, uh, I, as someone who doesn't follow college ball, the gravity's lost on me, but he sounded like a great influential dude. So Mike Leach didn't play football, he had a law degree from Pepperdine. You told me he. You think he went to San Luis Obispo to start getting involved in law before he started? Coaching I football? thought that was how he ended up. At the, that was the start of his football career. It was like a just a helper outer for the football program. He was famous for loving pirates. That's why he was called the pirate. Love pirates. He wrote a book on Geronimo. Wrote a book. Didn't he have a big pirate in his office? Had a Washington big State? had a big pirate in his office. Um, could talk about any subject. Like I think the most basic impressive part of his humanness was like he was not there was a story that um he had a, a guy was at a practice one day and uh somebody was like who is that some big booster like am i supposed to know who that is who is that turned out it was a homeless guy that leach had met outside the stadium and leach had invited him in to watch practice and people thought like it was like some booster or they nobody knew who it was just bleach because he walked, met some homeless guy, and invited him into practice. And that's is it. Wa- is it Wazoo? Is it Washington State? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So anyway, we could go for hours, but there's a lot of great leech content out there. Even if you didn't know the man. Uh, oh, the Friday night light scene. 
So somebody on the stream said he was in the show Friday Night Lights. He filmed that the night before Texas. I heard Bruce Feldman tell the story today, who did a good podcast on it with Stuart Mandel. He filmed that the night before the the uh, a Texas Texas Tech game. The night before the biggest game of the year, just happened to film Friday Night Lights. How about that? Uh, all right, what do you want to start? We got a lot of different. What do you want to start? You want to start with just uh, the news update on Debo? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I actually think going into Purdy, who you told me his best season at Washington State when they went eleven and two in Minshew's senior year. I guess it was only year there, right? He transferred in. Yeah, they played Purdy in the game. In the and, bowl game, yeah, Alamo Bowl. And, the, and Iowa State that year was was I think eight and five. That was like the year before they had a big year. But I actually think Purdy would have been a, very reminiscent of a lot of Mike Leach quarterbacks. Like I think he has some parallels to some of historically those guys in the two thousands that never really made it. And Minshew, who definitely is making it, is going to have a long maybe probably a backup. But like it feels like Purdy was his type player. And uh, maybe the difference, like the, the player feels like has gotten better through Minshew. And now I think what he has at Washington State. The the irony is that Purdy, I think you're right, but Purdy, he couldn't have gotten Purdy. Purdy was too highly recruited. No, no, no. He, he never would have gotten him. You know, yeah. he got guys who'd been at JC's for three years, two years, unrecruited, that type of guy. Yeah, he he got guys who were about to go start their coaching careers. <laughs> yeah, but, but you're I mean, right. I mean, Purdy would have thrown for ten thousand. Well, I mean, he threw for twelve at Iowa State, so he would have thrown for eighteen for Leach. Yeah, I I just think when you think of Purdy, I mean Leach. Once upon a time, out of nowhere, Purdy. I've been in so many text threads. He is playing this Thursday night. Now he's already banged up. He's got this oblique injury. He could win the division and have three straight games where he started two of them and basically played the entire one of the third one. And let's say he has a good game on the road against a division rival, and by the end of the game, he could have a hat and a cigar sitting right next to Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, and Fred Warner, and Kyle Shanahan. Like, when you really look at that video and picture of Kyle sitting next to him, there was like a purity to just, him sitting there at his locker, Kyle sitting there just probably pretty exhausted, like, God damn. I... And Kyle said he was, I think he told Kyle Kami, or maybe he said this in his press conference, how excited he was. To, like, I've never been this excited to watch a third stringer because let's face it, when third stringers have to play 99.9% .9 of the time, the coach probably knows we're fucked. And Kyle did not view it that way. Kyle thinks really highly of this guy. That was before he played. Now he's played a game in, a game in you know, 90% of another one. 95% of another one sitting here today. There is no way that Kyle's like where he's at with this player is not extremely high. I mean, Trey Lance has never been this high in Trey in Kyle Shanahan's mind. Like the hope of Trey Lance was, but as a player on the field, it's never got here. And now he has the chance to win a division as the starting quarterback. Now I, when you're the quarterback of the Niners, you're, it's not like you're doing Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen things, but he kind of did in that game the other day, throwing fucking dimes. The play that you said to Debo, I rewatched the other day. I mean, that play was incredible. Like he, he made some throws in that game that were like, and did you see Brian Baldinger's breakdown? Like these are football nerd people, not, oh, you're just fanboying out. I don't care. If Brock Purdy sucked, I'd tell you. Like I, I, 
Brian Baldinger's like, what is this? Football people are like, this is pretty crazy. The players were trying to tell you. They're like, the, the Big Cock Brock thing, it's funny and everything, but I do think it's kind of symbolizes like what this group kind of thinks. Like, this guy's not your average little engine that could back up quarterback. They don't believe that. And then he validates it, and now he's in a position given the short week for it to like, he could have one of the craziest starts I've ever seen in NFL history three games in for a guy that started the season as a third-string quarterback. Like, this just doesn't happen, guy. For a guy with a $77,000 signing bonus? I did the math. Trey Lance is the third overall pick. Got $22 million. Trey Lance's signing bonus was 285 times the size of Brock Purdy's Mr. Irrelevant signing bonus. Honestly, if you'd asked me what does the last guy in the draft get signing bonus, I might have gone lower than 77000 77000 is not a lot. By NFL standards, though, I do think if you're an undrafted free agent, they've capped. Like I think it's like 25k. So when so, people say it's better to go undrafted, it's like, well, I mean, it's worth another fifty thousand dollars to be the last pick. Yeah, when more than likely you're going to be on the practice squad it's anyway. Not nothing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. You don't expect that guy to end up. You expect to be paying him to be on the practice squad. No, I mean, look, it's we can talk about the big picture, but in terms of what is in front of him in 48 hours on Thursday night. He's going to Seattle to do this. He's going to Seattle, a place where the Niners have historically had knockdown, drag out battles for the division, for the Super Bowl. He's not just trying to win the division. He's trying to win the division from the Seahawks in Seattle. Okay, Peyton Eli and Bill Simmons were talking about him last night during the middle of Monday Night Football. Well, that's a, everybody's talking about him. Now, Bill brought him up, but then Peyton was talking about him. Yeah, Peyton doesn't have a lot in common with Brock. Other than they probably both love the shit out of football, so they probably do have a lot in common. Well, Peyton, um, he they they said you know the, he was at the Manning camp a couple years ago. They liked him. Not, they didn't. Peyton's like I didn't know he was like obviously smaller guy, but he was yeah. an impressive kid. Yeah, I think that's one of the things with like. Well, I guess we can talk. We can talk about the game in a second. In terms of the big picture, um, it doesn't ever matter how you get a quarterback as long as you get a quarterback. The draft of the last guy in the draft and the draft of one of the first guys in the draft and those two guys in the same quarterback room is a pretty crazy image. And it's usually not that crazy because the guy who's drafted last never has a chance to beat out the guy who's drafted first, essentially, right? Third overall in one draft and last. But if Brock continues on this trajectory of winning, forget about looking as good as he looked the other day, right? What were his final numbers? 78%, 16 to 21 or something like that against the Bucks in half a football game, basically three quarters yeah. of a football game. Um, you know, with throws that are just teach tape type throws and plays that are, he doesn't have, let, let's be clear, right? Brock doesn't have to be that guy. Um, but if they win games with him, that is enough for there to be a legitimate quarterback competition. There just is one. And the question is just who's trying to take whose job? Because if this thing continues like this, it's Trey trying to take Brock's job, not the other way around. That's a fact, Jack. Here, here's what we know for. Th this is a fact. Trey Lance will never be just scholarship the starting job in the offseason like 2022. That's never happening again. Now, I, I'm not Brock Purdy is not like his story's not set yet. Like is he is he named the starter? Is it an open competition? Do they sign Tom Brady? There are other variables. 
But the day and age, what happened last year in the offseason and then training camp, are, are you in agreement? that That's never happening again with Trey Lance. No, the only way it's Excuse, happening let is... Me ref- let me rephrase that. For 2023. That that, that is not right, going right. to take place. Yeah, the it. only way it happens, right, is if somebody else isn't available. But if Brock Purdy is upright, then Trey Lance is not the scholar. And, and even Trey's not not healthy right now. So it's just not happening, period, regardless. Sure. But but even if they're both healthy in OTAs, there's a and they're the two quarterbacks, it's they're splitting they're, reps. They're split. I mean, as long unless something happens and Brock, you know, ultimately Brock has to be whatever he does in the next four weeks and then the postseason, he has to be worse. He has now reached the point where he has to be worse in practice than Trey Lance to not be at least equal to Trey Lance, right? Like Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're the third overall pick, and this, I, I've got a buddy who played in the league who always says when he, when guys leave early, and I'm like, well, they, you know, they'll be a fourth round pick. They just get into camp, and then you can win a job. And he's and he's always told me like, no, when you're the fourth round pick, you don't get as many chances as the second round pick. You just don't. They have more money invested in that guy. They got more equity invested in that guy. You have to go above and beyond as the fifth round pick to get the shot that the second round pick gets handed to him multiple years, right? So, it, like, 2022, this last camp, it really probably wouldn't have mattered what Brock did. Brock could have been completion percentage, seven percentage points higher, less interceptions, more touchdowns. He was not getting Trey Lance's reps this year, right? Well, I think he was, you know, by all the Some claim he was ones. better, yeah. <laughs> no, he, no, I, I mean that the completion percentage, he was clearly the highest on a daily basis. But again, he's going up against different, you know, <laughs> we could play that game and Kyle would know, whatever. But... But for him to get the second team reps, remember, it took like some game action and it was like, okay, we'll give this guy a shot. He was fighting an uphill battle because even Trent Williams said it a couple weeks ago. He's like, yeah, man, he's come up. They gave Sudfeld some of that coin, you know? Yeah. Players know. Like he got two. Sudfeld has made two million dollars off the 49ers this year to guaranteed. (laughs) Sudfeld's a millionaire because of Jay. In other words, more than twice as much as Brock. In fairness, you don't know. It's always easy to do, play that game, right? Well, and also in fairness, $2 million is a fine cost for a quarterback, you know. As your backup? Yeah, it's cheap. So, for sure. You don't, whatever. And you got to do it because you don't know Purdy is going to be. There's a reason he's a. <clears throat> and you last think Jimmy's pick. gone. And yeah. But the, you know the best part about football? <clears throat> which I would push back <clears throat> to the players who always say that the the last guy is fighting an uphill battle, and he is. But once you prove, and sometimes it's harder to get in the position to prove, but if you are able to get in the position, and no sport has more openings, right, with injuries throughout a season to prove yourself in practice, uh, season's long, guys go down left and right. You can be claimed by other teams. The preseason games, you get to have reps is once you prove you can play, you're in. I, I heard Barrows talking about this week. He thinks like, you know, given this a short week and Christian's gotten a lot of love, like he expects Mason to get some run. And he's like, and I don't even remember this. He said 2018, the Niners were not good. And they played a game late in the season against a good Seattle team. And it was kind of the coming out party for Jeff Wilson. And Jeff Wilson, you know, as an undrafted free agent had, a good game. It was toward the second half, like ran. I'm like, I don't even remember this, but he said it bled into the off season. He made the squad. He played a role in the Super Bowl team. And it was just like, you get the opportunity in the NFL in regular season games to show yourself as an undrafted free agent, as a late round pick. And you make plays, Charles Woodson, work hard. Number one thing you got to do to impress people, work hard. And then you just kind of open some eyes. You start making plays in practice. Fuck. You make them in the game whether your team sucks, if you're on the Houston Texans, you're making them, or whether you're on the 49ers, changes your life. Changes your life. You know, and when you do it at quarterback, like for the Niners have had a lot of running backs over the years, right? Kind of pop throughout games. Mozart, uh, what's his name? Breda, obviously Jeff Wilson, and they've, they've gone on other places. They, their careers, everyone sees that because scouting departments evaluate every quarterbacks you do it at quarterback <laughs> like <woo-wee. laughs> well some people aren't going to like to hear this john uh, you're not one of them but this is just the absolute facts right 
if Trey Lance had just played the game that Brock Purdy played. Oh, my God. And it'd be great. Like, we'd be fine. You would be more likely to believe that it was an indication of future performance because of how high he was drafted, because of his physical talents, right? If Trey had had that game, I think there'd be less of the like, well, I certainly speak for myself. Like, okay, that was good. We got to keep seeing it. You got to keep seeing it. You got to keep seeing it. If Trey Lance had just put that game together, you wouldn't be able to stop the hype train oh. because he was the third overall pick. If And pick a guy. If if Zach Wilson had debuted with that game. But if that had been Trey Lance's first career start. Now, Trey Lance's first start was the Arizona game, and then he started again against Houston. Remember, he made a few throws in that Texans game last year that were really impressive. I think that the, the – did he throw the touchdown to Ayuk in that game? Or? It was Debo. The Debo against that had over route. Yeah. Um, in the second half, the first half wasn't like three nothing or something. Yeah. So I, I, Trey played game one in a monsoon. The 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 point is not that Trey Trey's had four career starts and he he's played. Think about this, Trey four is played, three. I, I've got him for four. Arizona. Oh, yeah. He got hurt in the second game of the season. So Trey Lance just started and finished three career games. Brock Purdy started and finished one. So. Thursday, we'll see. Kyle Shanahan wants to make it seem like Brock may not play on Thursday, but day to day, day to day, we'll find out Thursday. Um, Florio Florio reported yesterday he'll be ready to roll. Yeah, I, I expect it. But the, the, you know, it's just when you are drafted where he was drafted, you're just less likely to go. Okay, that means something. But the reality is, once you hit the field, it doesn't matter if you're a third round pick or the last pick of the draft, right? Um, and and there have been plenty of quarterbacks that have debuted with great games. I mentioned it the other day. Carson Wentz was an MVP-level player one year. So careers are long. Brock has a long way to go. Trey's got plenty of time. There's a lot of this that has to play out. But I think back to what you said a minute ago, a lot of the internal stuff that clearly Zach Wilson doesn't have in the Jets locker room, this guy already has in the 49ers locker room. And then, and then you watch, and as I said, you – with backups, I just want to see them consistently make the basic plays because I think that's what most guys miss. But then when you rewatch the throw to McCaffrey touchdown, the throw to IU touchdown, the avoid Joe Tryon with the little Ole move, and then the layered throw to Debo, the getting chased down in the game before and hitting Kittle. Whew. It's just it's he doesn't have elite traits across the board. We'll go through a scouting a different element of his scouting report, but he has. I think one thing is clear, right? He has shown the ability to do elite level things in an NFL game. Well, that was the thing why Trey was going to be a lot better than Jimmy because he would be able to do the crazy things. Yeah, and early on, it's like oh, we're not really seeing it, and then boom, Trey and this kid came in and he's done a couple. I mean, that throw that he made to Christian McCaffrey in the corner of basically the left front pylon on the you know on his shoulder i think that's one of the best throws a 49er quarterbacks made i don't know seven eight years jimmy had what was the throw jimmy made this year that blew us all away remember rolling right to the side he did a roll right to i think ray ray yeah that was a really good throw i mean jimmy's Uh, obviously had some moments in 19 against the saints that were some awesome throws jimmy's jimmy's had some throws but but this guy immediately seventh round pick it, it, it it was it was an eye-opening experience. The other day. I, I think go back to your point, like part of how you build equity is you go through trials and tribulations with people, right? You build equity sometimes when things are hard, not when things are easy. 
So here is Brock Purdy stepping into a hard situation, and they might be hats and T-shirts on Thursday night. They might win the NFC West on Thursday night in Seattle with that guy. How how do you shake the visual of him sitting next to Trent, Ayuk, Juszczyk, Bosa, Fred, and Greenlaw, and like John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan lighting his cigar? Think, how, how, how do you not think about that whenever you show up for camp next year and you're Trey Lance? You just what you have. I wonder if there's part of you that go, is this guy better than me? They love him. My my teammates, who is also he's my teammate too. I, everyone loves him. And holy shit, like I played, like I think it's not that easy, but now he can't possibly make it look as easy as he made it look the other day. But well, Tampa's defense is better than Seattle's. I mean, things just happen, right, yeah. over the course of games, whatever. But part of this is there. You're, you're a he. When you compete, you compete with another human who thinks and feels human things. And so Trey Lance is watching this. Like Jimmy's older. Jimmy being better than Trey at stuff was never a problem. Well, like would, we said, if if Jimmy would have just competed in training camp, Trey Lance would not have been the starting quarterback. They rigged the deal for him. So when Jimmy came in. Part of the reason why all the teammates clearly kind of gravitated some of it even before was like this team was trying to win. We've already talked about that situation. Part of the thing with Brock Purdy, it feels like he's ready to win. He's ready to give this team a chance to win. <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. This is not the Jags. This is not, you know, the Bears. This team is trying to fucking win playoff games. Like that's the only thing that matters with this squad from the jump. Win playoff games. This isn't a Super Bowl bus team. But when the season started, it was the goal is to win playoff games. Get to the playoffs, win playoff games, right? That's why it was got weird immediately. It's like, well, <laughs> there's no 8-9 ain't going to be tolerated. Not after you just won multiple playoff games and won double-digit games. And we were going to practices like, this team's better than last year. Yeah. But we just thought the recipe was all the quarterback had to do was just not screw it up. But then... Purdy made play. Now Purdy made plays in a blowout. You know how do you manage that in a higher pressure situation, one score game, that type of thing? That's something we'll see. I mean, but the Dolphins game was a pressure. He came in seven nothing. Yeah, the Dolphins game was a pressurized game. No, you're right. Fuck yeah, Surefield, Surefield, and that was it for them basically. Why does McDaniel and Kyle like now? The, I mean, they're all good. I take all four of them, but. They're like, yeah, we don't really need. I guess the Niners do have Jennings, but they're cool. Like our two starting wide receivers, six feet and under, we're cool. <laughs> Size, you know. Kyle, like you're taller than Mike Leach in them. Yeah, there, there's something to that. Yeah, I mean Tyreek and Debo. I mean these guys play bigger, but yeah. Um, Thursday and the rest of the season, Brock Purdy's playing more for than just this year. Yeah. No one's debating that. Somebody, well, somebody in the right. chat said this is RG3. Some, there was a good little thing in the chat. I, I lost it, but they said somebody said this is RG3 and Kirk all over again. And somebody else made a good point. They said, well, no, it's not. RG3 was coming off a rookie of the year. I think it was like 25 and 5 and led them to the playoffs. He was really good. That was is way crazier. This is crazy strictly because of the compensation of the trade, right? Not because of the equity he's had on the field because he just doesn't have any. Besides getting injured. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think it's also just you spend so much time watching Trey and talking about Trey and analyzing Trey. And I want to, again, Trey's got time. Like, Trey needs time. But 
I think it really, I think part of what makes it so shocking, yes, the compensation, it just illustrates sometimes how wild this whole thing is, how wild it is that the experts, the guy, when you draft him last in the draft, it means you passed on him at least five. I don't know how many picks they had that year, but multiple times. They didn't draft him in the sixth. Did they have a sixth? They had a comp fifth. They didn't draft him then. Of everybody else passed on him multiple times. Like well, he's did. a rookie this year. That I mean, uh, Drake, Jackson, you know, Danny Gray, uh, Ty Davis, Price. I mean, we can running back Burford. Put a guy they they sure good- as hell drafted a lot of players this year. Yeah, yeah. But you don't get passed on by thirty-one teams. You get passed on thirty-one times seven when you're the last pick, and then also the thirty-second team multiply that one by six. Well, I remember when the Ravens drafted Lamar. They're like, Lamar's our guy. It's like, you had another first-round pick that you used on Hayden Hurst. What you- <laughs> we knew value, John. We knew the value. We knew no one else was going to take him. Which you don't play that risk. You don't risk that, right? Not with a quarterback. Not with a quarterback. No. You don't do that. Yeah. They didn't. They did not know. Nobody. That's, that <laughs> is what's crazy here. Even Kyle can say, I believe in him. And Kyle does believe. Kyle did believe in him. But, like, a certain amount, right? Which, of course. But but think, and this is why what makes, for the most part, the best NBA players are drafted in the top 10 for the overwhelming, you know, overwhelmingly, if you look at like the top 25 players in the NBA, they're all high yeah. draft picks. Yeah. In the NFL, when you go around quarterbacks, the two best guys that are now old and obviously not the best currently, but like Tom Brady, we all know one's 99 or whatever. Aaron Rodgers was the 24th pick in the draft. 23 teams p- passed on him. Yeah, although it's that one's a little weird because it easily could have been one, and the Niners thought true. It was but if you're easily final. one, but then all these other teams no, did I not don't. view you like that. No, but then you just think of a lot of guys. Lamar Jackson's a good example. In a five quarter, four quarterbacks were drafted ahead of him. Four in the top ten, one, three, seven, and ten. He went did go to thirty two. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. These guys are fourth round picks. Russell Wilson. Third round pick. I know he sucks now, but he was good for a long time. I like mean, Mahomes can, going tenth. Mahomes, the best quarterback league. Mitchell Trubisky went ahead of him. Pretty nuts. So th- there is no. It's always easy to play that game in drafts in general, but quarterbacks for sure. Because I would say this: it's pretty clear that if you could redo, do you know the craziest part about the Zach Wilson Trey Lance draft is how fucking incredible that draft was. Jamar Chase, Panay Sewell, oh, yeah. Micah Parsons, Devontae Smith, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, Rashawn Slater, JC uh, Horn, Patrick, uh, Patrick Sertan. Uh, you said Devontae. Justin Mike, Fields. Those Parsons. guys went over Justin Fields, who clearly is still pretty raw, is way better than those two guys. You say Rashawn Slater? Him too. Alex Leatherwood. You say him? I forgot about him. <laughs> Najee. The, the draft in the top, like 12 of that draft is. Kyle Pitts, who's injured now, is obviously pretty sweet. I mean, that the, the top 12 non-quarterbacks in that draft were just like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. It was, you said most of them, but I'll read them in order. Pitts, Chase, Waddle, Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith, Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker, Zayvon Collins. McCorkle will always be part of the group. But at least I'll say this for McCorkle. I, I, I still I don't draft average talents that high because part of it's like I see Brock Purdy like you don't that you get you can get that in the second third fourth round uh, uh, what's his name starting this week for the uh, the Atlanta Falcons like Desmond Ritter decent athlete decent arm but like I get that guy in the third round 
you can get two things later in the draft. Complete raw products that do the Titans have, and then just kind of average physical characteristics. But we've seen Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, those guys turn into really, really good starters, right? On teams that if you build the team right, you can win double-digit games every single year with those guys. And, and I would say those guys are good examples of their character, their focus, their love of football, their work ethic is like pretty unmatched. And I would say Dak, you know, clearly, it feels like Kirk Cousins has mellowed out a little bit and people like him a little bit more than they did a couple years ago, where Dak has just kind of universally been like pretty highlight. Like people love the guy. Yeah. You know, that, that really matters. And that's to me what separates guys. Like you talked about the thing where you just never shake it when you see things. Like, how am I ever the highest level of that was the Foles Wentz thing? It feels like it derailed Wentz and probably brought us some insecurities in him. And when Jalen eventually came in, because think about Jalen, who's a second round pick, who did not throw the ball as well as Purdy a year ago. I mean, he couldn't really throw. And now he's he looks fucking awesome. But the one thing Jalen really separates himself on is the character and tangible stuff is off the charts. I mean, the teammates and the way he works and his just focus of not a huge celebration guy. Like when they, you watch him when they score touchdowns, he's not like, he's not a fuck around guy at all. I want Purdy to do the nose thing. What, who did that the other day? Throat slash? Someone did a throat slash. NFL game? Oh, maybe not. Maybe you're right. That was, you're not allowed to do that, huh? <laughs> uh, since you brought up, let's go back to uh, Brock Purdy's scouting report, John. You you sent me this. We've got the uh, measurables here. And um, we've got this by percentile. Can you see this here? Yeah. Those of you, for those of you listening, I'll read it. But some of these, he is so bunched in like the, <laughs> in like the bottom 10% in some of these that you can't even tell what's what. So his vertical jump was in the 10th percentile. His height looks like it's in the 7th percentile. His weight, the 18th percentile. His wingspan is either in the 1st or 2nd percentile. <laughs> By the way, 1st percentile means you're at the bottom, not at the top. Arm length, 1st percentile, number one. There's no lower percentage than number one. Hand size, 26th percentile. 10-yard split, 95th percentile. I've been telling you, guy. And the 40-yard dash, the 45th percentile. Which now, isn't bad either, I would say, if you're in the this, middle of the pack. This, a, this is of the 2020 – What is this just of the draft class or just all quarterbacks that come through the combine? I think I think this I think this is NFL quarterbacks. So his, his closest comp in terms of these measurables, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, which is weird. but Well, I think the Kyler stuff – I think it's just – just based on those four things, the overall average, right? Because Kyler would skew higher in the 40, but the height right, right, and the arm length and stuff would be low. To me, he's kind of a hybrid. Like, he moves a lot better than Baker. Clearly not anywhere close to Kyler. But size-wise, it feels like he's closer to Kyler than, like, the thickness of Baker. And there was another name, I think, that's a little farther down is Zach Wilson. I actually think, if to me, if I was going to give a comp, I would go he's like a hybrid of Zach Wilson and Baker Mayfield. It's interesting. I feel like Zach's arm is... is 100%. He throw, Zach throws it better, but to me, he moves. One thing Zach brought to the table is kind of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Corral is another guy who's a pretty good athlete who got I hurt his foot this year. He's been on IR, but... Because the scouting report of a 10-yard split, 
It's what the offensive linemen always say, like, why are you making me run a 40? Right. If you look, Trent Williams in the Niners run a movement offense, right, with their offensive line, the farthest he ever goes is probably 10 yards. Like the 10 yard split for linemen, O line really, and D line is much more important than the 40. Well, a non running quarterback, like Kyler, to me, Kyler's 40 matters. Lamar's 40 matters. Like how fat, because you're going to be running. This guy's does not. But his 10 yard split, like how quick are you? Not only matters, I would say it's immediately showing up. Explain what a 10-yard split is. Just the first 10 yards is your 40. So like how quick you are in a shorter period of time. Because some people are quicker than fast. That's like a scouting term. And to me, clearly, this guy is quicker than fast. Like Kyler Murray is explosive and fast. <laughs> and he's quick. And he's he's got it all. Like He checks all the anything that's under the speed uh, verbiage he would check. This guy does not. Like this guy does not have high-end speed. I would not say this guy's a threat to really run, but he is a threat to move and scramble. And that, to me, is immediately shown up in some of his jukes out, uh, juking out D linemen, running away, but then stopping the pass. What I like about this guy through his two games is he knows his limitation. Like when he takes off and he jukes out a D lineman or a blitzing linebacker, he doesn't then try to run, right? He tries to give himself space to then make a pass. It's what Russell Wilson and even Deshaun Watson, pre-massage therapist, was great at. Deshaun was not a runner. He was a scrambler. And Russell, to me, is like the greatest scramble-to-throw guy we've seen in the last like decade. If you're good at that, you create so many more plays. It's what I think the Niners wanted from going Jimmy to Trey, the extension. And you've always said this, like, part of what makes a great quarterback is is taking the great play callers play when it fails, you still make a play. And Mahomes is, you could argue, the best we've ever seen. I mean, he's incredible what he does with that. And he's got one of the greatest play callers of all time. Yeah. Favre was the guy we grew up on that just created Holmgren, who was also a great play caller. And I would say older Elway probably would have been pretty incredible for like Mike Shanahan if he was younger. Right, he was more playing in the offense, and even they've said like the reason we were so good is because we had Terrell Davis. When you can keep plays alive, it's why I think we get frustrated a lot with Kyle because sometimes his plays just don't work, and then his quarterback can't really do anything. And the last couple of weeks, we've seen like, God damn, I That's- would equate it to like um, a car that drives with artificial intelligence, right? Car, you can like a Tesla can drive AI or whatever they. It's not maybe it's not called AI, but. Every once in a while, you're still going to need somebody who can process kind of a real environment to save a car from a particular situation that it hasn't handled yet. That's why self-driving is just there's so many scenarios that these you have to put into these algorithms to get. David Lombardi just took one the other day. Do you see him? Yeah, Cruz. Would you go? Um, Would you get in that? I mean, if it's driving around the city at slower speeds, maybe. But, you know, I I think. like the best coaches kind of think, or, you know, we think sometimes the best coach, I just, you call the play and then whatever work, you know, like you can manage the whole game from the sideline, but you, you can't like, sometimes you need somebody to take over the wheel because it's, there's, there's so many variables. There's 22 people on e- there's 11 people on each side of the football. There's just a million variables that you can't account for. And sometimes you got the perfect play called, but they got the perfect play dialed on the other side. Um, And how do you measure that? in a person when you're scouting them. That's just one of those things, you know, job interviews, 
if you're talking to somebody you don't know, you can put them through, you can give them some personality tests and give them some scenarios. And I can say, all right, here's an email inbox that a manager would have. You have an hour to answer all these emails and delegate. That's cool. But I don't really know what it's like six months in when you're not getting any sleep and you're stressed and you don't really know until you're in the foxhole, you know, and that's where the stuff with measurables are fun and drafts are fun and it all matters. Like it's all a real way to try and evaluate. I just pulled up Russell Wilson's for those watching, but you know, you don't really know until you're in that spot with somebody, what are they going to do? Who wouldn't you say say Russell's right there before he sucked this year that like describes his just Russell's 2012. This is what this is. Wouldn't you say that, that those boxes describe his career? (laughs) Um, fifth percentile in height, or actually less than that, second percentile in height, fifth in weight, 21st arm length, but he was off the charts in in some of the – I mean, well, not off the charts maybe, three-cone 74th percentile. Is that good for a quarterback? Yeah, pretty damn good. So that means his like change of direction is fantastic. His 20-yard shuttle like going back and forth is fantastic. Vertical jump to me always describes like a great athlete. If you can have a high vertical jump, I mean – his 40 yard dash was fantastic. Like his movement, you just like when you just close your eyes and you think of Russell playing, it that doesn't encapsulate how good his arm was, but like the movement shit was elite. Elite would be strong, but like high end. Well, like he's somewhat comparable to Johnny Manziel. For Johnny, it didn't it didn't translate to the NFL. For Russell, it did. Russell had a much better arm. And just higher level guy. Yeah, yeah. These are humans. We're putting numbers on them, but is there is there anything here from a scouting perspective in Brock's that would tell you to do anything but draft him in the seventh round? No, I mean he's, th- th- there's a reason. For example, clearly him getting hit in that first play of the game and popping right back up, he's tough, right? To to play four years at Power Five at that size and have success, you got to be tough. But like he's already injured. You know, and I, I think when you one concern you have with small quarterbacks, and I would say Kyler, the non-contact thing's a freak deal. But like Kyler, through his first two years, had been injured, right? Hamstring injury this year. Last year, he got fucked up and missed some games when Colt started against the Niners and lit him up like a Christmas tree. Like he's a guy that if you were able to get your hands on him, let's just say the non-contact stuff never happened, and he just never tore an ACL or anything. Injuries are part of Kyler's story. Baker's another guy who's been banged up. Smaller guys do get banged up because the size. I, I saw a highlight of Aiden Hutchinson today. Aiden Hutchinson's like six foot seven, two hundred seventy. Some of the size of these Kayvon Thibodeau is huge. These are just rookies. Those guys. Wouldn't you imagine Kayvon and Aiden are going to be bigger in five years? Like Bosa has gotten bigger. Like these guys, the the frames of these human beings. I saw a clip of Balky's first round pick. I think it was either this week or last week. He got a strip fumble. See that fucking guy move? That guy's six foot six, like 290 pounds. Like when that guy hits, when Brock stands next to Kyle Shanahan, Kyle's towering over him. <laughs> so it, to me, that the guy's chasing you, even if you are a fantastic athlete. Look at Russell. I mean, he started to get hit a little as his career's gone because he's not yeah. quite as fast and and he's much thicker. That it's just when you're just a smaller guy and the size of these human beings are falling on you, it just, I'm sorry, you're just more inclined to get hurt. Well, 
Brock's got an oblique injury, comma rib. Uh, I just got the, you know, I got the <laughs> alert from Bleacher. Uh, Purdy could miss Thursday night football. If you watch Kyle Shanahan talk, as we did, it feels more like gamesmanship than Kyle actually believing that Purdy might miss the game on Thursday. Purdy said no excru- no excruciating pain, a little sore, more sore Monday than he was Tuesday. He hasn't thrown a football yet. But as you said, just share what when Kyle said, ah, we'll we'll see Thursday if he can go, why you're not buying that. Yeah. No, explain why you're not buying that. When oh, Kyle because, said, yeah. Well, he's been playing these games, I feel like, the last couple of weeks. Feels like he Kyle's, would have to know before Thursday. Was your well, point. He need a, he, well, he'd need a backup quarterback, right? Now, they, I guess Jacob Eason's still around. They could just elevate him. That would be pretty nuts if Purdy missed and they went into a game with Josh Johnson starting and Jacob Eason as the backup quarterback. Josh Johnson's cigar and uh, hat and T-shirt wins a championship. How many division winners in the history of sport have ever had started four quarterbacks, let alone three? Yeah. Um, How many teams that win divisions? I bet if we did a study for two decades, three guys get to take snaps, just snaps, let alone start. It means you probably won with your backup for an extended period. If a third guy ever took a snap, right? If a third guy ever came in in a, I don't know, a victory formation, something. It means you won games with your backup. I would imagine. In the internet age, starting in 2000, there haven't been many division winners, if any, that have had three different guys start at quarterback in a season. Well, I mean, look, John, they their first two quarterbacks have gotten hurt. Their first two quarterbacks got hurt trying to make plays out of the pocket, which is something Brock tries to do. Now, he did not get crushed the other day outside of the pocket. The play that he injured his oblique on was inside the pocket, making a throw, standing in, and actually delivering a throw. The first play of the game was terrifying because, honestly, my thought was if he gets concussed, I thought they were toast with him. Without him, I I guess we shouldn't write off whatever happens next. The fact that they're doing this is pretty impressive, but you just can't keep replacing quarterbacks. And then I'll add this to the picture. The last time the Niners played, Cody Barton is the guy that hurt Trey Lance. Now, this is not Pete Carroll's Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor defenses, right? This is not the defense that, Makes Vernon Davis probably shaking his boots just thinking about it. But Pete Carroll teams do play a certain style, and it's physical, and they hit. And whatever, this defense isn't great, and they don't stop the run, but Jordan Book, Brooks and Cody Barton and Uchenna Nuosu and Puna Ford, like they have legitimate big bodies on this defense. And the play that uh, Trey got hurt on, while a little freakish because he got his foot caught out under, like that was just a, a – a, a heat-seeking missile linebacker because that's what you get in the NFL, and that's what Cody Barton was on that play. He crushed him. So then you add to it, well, we know your quarterback's a little banged up. Like, you know, you don't need uh, – what's his name? The old de- defensive coordinator from the Saints here. Kill the body, the head, kill the head, the body will die. Yeah, what was his name? We saw him on the sideline once wearing, like, Gucci glasses. Uh <laughs> Greg, I, I can, Greg Williams. I, Greg Williams. I can picture him. The dyed so, blonde hair. To understand how this goes. Do look like Scott Peterson. More of it a tan. Is, and, and is like MILF wife, but she has got a lot of work. So MILF might know, be strong. That you're just playing a physical program, and this team hurt your quarterback the last time you played them. They hurt the quarterback the last time they played. And they're fighting for their lives. I, I read some stories. 
I read an athletic article, and I always struggle with this, like percentage chance to make the playoffs. Like a game can change really fast. Like the Niners shouldn't should win this game, but they could easily lose it. Like it's all based on you know win percentage stuff, and you never know. But a lot of people think that like Seattle's in major trouble. Basically, like th- this game is very. They, they, they easily could have lost two weeks ago, right? When Gino led them on that game-winning drive to the pre-Baker Mayfield uh, L.A. Rams. Like they haven't played good football now for a while. I mean, the Rams, or not the Rams, but the the Panthers. I thought for the most part, kind of shoved them around in that game. On like the Pete's, road. they've kind of been shoved around. So this is a little bit of a gut check game. The problem is, gut check games on on Thursday are just on the road. Yeah, but I mean for Seattle. Oh. You know, it's like I, I would guess this is kind of going to be one of their last big shots of just trying to keep the thing afloat. The Lions are coming, but you know, all of a sudden the Giants lose and the Lions lose. Seattle's right there still, so it's it's not over, and they still play the Rams again. It's, it's not necessarily win or get in. I also see a lot of people when they talk about playoff projections. Or just like Seattle, if anything, they're going to be a like basically just calling the Niners the winner of the division. For me, I mean, I, obviously you can win the division on Thursday night, but there's still a long. You lose this game, and that Washington game is awfully interesting. Yeah, you know, it's just you still you're still you know like you said, Brock Purdy still has to you know it's one thing to do it two games, another thing to do it for five. Uh, before we get into the one, one last point on this, before we get to the to what you were just talking about, because we got to follow up there. Somebody, multiple people have said Shanahan said that Purdy got hurt on the dive. I thought he said he got hurt kind of turning away on the McCaffrey throw. Um, but if he got hurt diving, well, then, again, don't never leave the pocket, um, whatever that detail is. All right, you want to get to the division and the playoff picture? Because you're right, you lose this game, and all of a sudden all the cushion goes away very quickly. You win the game and you're chasing Minnesota. The Vikings are 10 and three. The Niners are nine and four. The Niners would also have an eight and two conference record if they win this game. So, how about five? At, how about five and oh in the division, right? They'd be five and oh in the division, but in, uh, uh, they'd be five and oh in the division. They're not going to play head to head. So, if there were any a tiebreaker with Minnesota, your conference record would come into play and they would have while a half game deficit on Minnesota going uh, in the loss column, they would be eight and two right now, Minnesota six and three. So you win this game Thursday, you, we quickly turn the attention to, can you get the two seed in the NFC? Start rooting against the Vikings <clears throat> who played the Jeff Saturdays this weekend. Yep. Then the giants at green Bay, which feels like green Bay is going to finish strong. I, I would not expect for them just to mail it in. And then the Bears, who might just really stink. Uh, but you win this game, you get a long break till that Washington football team, Commanders. Like that's the mini buy. That's the one benefit, right, of winning a December Thursday game. Is it sucks? Like to me, the only goal you have is a Thursday night game. Past like, you could argue early November, but to me, anything in December is that's a lot on these guys' bodies. Every guy playing in the game, Seattle 49ers, like every single player, no player feels good. Who did I hear say this the other day? Like once the season starts as a player, 
the only status you have is injured. Kind of just saying like every guy is injured. That's mm-hmm. just the it's just the level mm-hmm. of injuries. Like Debo has an injury that knocks him out three weeks. Half the team has deep bruises that they just manage throughout the week. Some guys have hamstrings. Some guys have shoulders. Like every dude is injured. You win this game because remember last year the devastating kick in the dick to lose the Tennessee game is they were up. I think it was ten nothing. Then Jimmy threw some devastating picks, and then you lose. It's a long flight home, and Lynch is tweeting. You're like, God, this is a – and the Titans were riding high. It's just such a swing. And then when you factor in the the outcome, to me, the outcome of winning the division is so much more, uh, I would say, in the sights than anything with Minnesota because some of the Minnesota stuff is out of your control. Yeah. Because I – is at the end of the day, like, are the Niners worried about going on the road to Minnesota? I don't necessarily think so. Like, the, there have been much, hist- you know, Cincinnati going on the road to Kansas City or Kansas City going on the road to Cincinnati. Like, that second-round game in the AFC is a much different animal than I think people are going to view. I would guess if I told you the Niners, you know, finish one game back of them, and then in the second round of the playoffs, it's Cowboys at Eagles and Niners at Vikings – when you imagine that the Niners would be a sexy, you know, road team, people take. Oh, well, they're going to be favored. Could you know? Could be a pick'em or something. Yeah, I mean, I still think there's a value in just when a road when you're going to a place in a dome. Like I'd still rather play at home, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Kirk, part of that is Kirk just doesn't scare you. To me, that that environment though is really good. And by the way, Baltimore, Minnesota. If Cincinnati wins the North, like that is a huge swing. Yeah, the AFC has a couple big swings. If Cincinnati can win the North instead of Baltimore, they had the same record right now. Now, I, I do think you would say if if the Final Four in the NFC is Niners, Minnesota, Cowboys, Eagles, like that's a pretty strong four of some high end players on all the teams, right? Yeah, it's really good. That's going to be if that's the case. Potentially, the Cowboys could have a better record than the Niners. I mean, the Niners might have the worst record of the bunch at eleven and six or twelve and five. And the Cowboys could be. 13 and four, the Eagles could be 16 and one that the Vikings could be, you know, four, uh, what would it be? 13 and four. Like the, the records would be pretty good with all four teams. Also would be a bad omen for first. That'd be zero first round quarterbacks at the NFC. If those are the final four hurts, second rounder Kirk. What was Kirk? Fourth, third, fourth, fourth. Yeah. Brock, Mr. Relevant and uh, Dak fifth, fifth what rounder, a cr- third rounder, third rounder. Uh, I think he was fourth. Cause he got the Dewey. Anyway, so be quite the cast of characters. Um, fourth, yeah, good call. No, it's it, it. Now again, if you lose the game on Thursday, let's just set the stage for what that looks like. Well, here th- there's another thing. The difference of being the the second and the third seed is when you're the obviously the second, you play the seventh team, and last year that was. It sounds weird because they're way better this year, but that Eagles team was nine and eight, and they clearly just were nowhere close. And the Tampa Bay kicked the shit out of them, and that was a huge advantage. That like Cowboys drew the Niners in the first round, <laughs> yeah, right. And they had had a fantastic season. That's a tough. You would say for the most part, Seattle, New York. We'll we'll get to see what Washington looks like in a couple weeks. It's not the greatest like sixth, seventh crew of teams. Where I would say the AFC just a little scarier, right? If the Jets got in, their defense is really good. Miami, the offense can be potent. 
Hell, the uh, Chargers who are not in right now. Chargers, the Ravens are scary if Lamar's healthy. Like that, that group. Raiders. Like with the Niners rather play in the first round, the Ravens and Lamar or the New York Giants, right? Or the Chargers and fully healthy Mike Williams and Keenan Allen or the Washington Commanders, right? It's pretty clear. Yeah. I actually think the Lions, if they are riding hot, they've won five of their last six. If they were to like win out or get to 10 or nine and eight and make that seven seed would be a little scary. I think it'd be interesting. I don't think it'd be scary. Golf is perfect for the Niners defense. You're, they're going to come to you. They just uh, part of the Lions being fun is we've all watched them a lot. They, I just don't believe they're buttoned out enough. To what win. I would, what I would want then, if I was the Niners, I'd want to be the three, and I'd want the Lions to play the Vikings because I think they would, they could easily win. They already did, yeah. And then you get the Giants, Seattle, whoever. Then all of a sudden you get a little upset city. I think they they do reseed. They yeah. definitely do. That all of a sudden you You're get the cow, you get the Cowboys and host a game, which would be hard. I mean i I think you'd rather play the Vikings. And I the think Cowboys. Dallas is scary. I agree. You'd ra- yeah. would you rather play Dallas at home or the Vikings on the road? <sighs> I mean, I think you naturally pick the home game, but I do think Dallas is better in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I do um, think Dallas's front would pose some problems to uh, to old McGlinch, and and not to mention Odell. Only playoffs, yeah. You lose the game, you're nine and five. If you're the Niners, Seattle wins at eight and six. You lose the head to head tiebreaker over them. You would have to keep winning. Um, you know, and you just now again, I and I think somebody Akash said this in the in the chat earlier. Geno Smith MVP talks have slowed. It's they've, the same. They've quieted. Yeah, I mean, they they uh, that's what I've been betting on all season. Top three game stretch for for Seattle, even if they w- were to beat the Niners, then they go Chiefs, then the Jets, then the Jets, who I think are a bad matchup for Seattle. Yeah, so you know it just makes things a little hairier. The idea that the Niners could could <laughs> with three weeks left on their third quarterback wrap up the regular season, the division is just it's partly a testament. It is partly. This is their division. I think, too, it's better. Right, the division's not good. If you're going to win the division, they can fuck around, basically party and get wasted for a couple of days, and it's Friday, Saturday. Who even cares, right? Yeah. I do think if it happens on a Sunday, it could bleed in, and I wouldn't be as confident that f- next game that you still are trying to win for seeding. But you can kind of get it out of your system and just come back Monday. We'll work out. We'll sweat it out, and we'll be good, right? Actually sets up pretty perfectly. For the like Saturday football team game? Yeah, but I just mean like you can screw around for a couple of days no. and it's fine. Yeah, like t- everyone you can throw a party on Saturday night. Can't no DUIs on the flight back though. Uber's which would be hard. I could see the Niners <laughs> beer drinking squad. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they got many sober dudes on the <laughs> on the team playing. Who'd be the designated driver on that team? Well, back in Eddie's day, you just didn't have to worry about it. cops were all paid off like narco style. Well, yeah, I mean, you get a an a convoy takes you home. Now I don't know. I don't know. It'd, it'd just be like, hey, Burford, Danny Gray, sorry, fellas, you you guys yeah. are driving, <laughs> young guys. I love I love the theory that uh, Brock Purdy is about to unlock Danny Gray. John, I look forward to that. 
but you know what? It also means Kyle Shanahan said three-ish. Perfect that Debo would be an ish, three-ish weeks on Debo's recovery. So if this is one week and then Washington is two weeks, week three would be at the Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> the most I saw somebody. Uh, did I tell you this on the air or off the air? I don't know. Tell me. The tweet that uh, somebody tagged me in that the Raiders, I think I said this off, Allegiant Stadium has made more money than any oh, yeah. other stadium in the world, according to Billboard box score. $182.5 million from ticket sales. It's almost $75 million more than SoFi. Uh, and then week four would be, you know, Arizona. Does, does Mark get to keep any of that cash, or does that stay with the old uh, the mobster MGM casinos? Goes back to the state and uh, Chase <laughs> Bank, I think. Bank of America. Um, pay off that interest, you know. I mean, I, they could beat the Cardinals week 18 with you, me, and Josh Johnson, I think. We'll see, unless the Niners are packing it in by then. I think the Cardinals got about one, two, three Cancun about last week. So, but it's, but I, I, I'm not trying to jump the gun here. Yeah. Even Seattle, who's going to have a couple high picks, you know, even if they were to make the playoffs and that pick was like 20. You know they have uh, Denver's pick. Like their their team should improve right this offseason, even if they roll back with Geno as quote unquote a bridge quarterback. I mean Kyler Murray's and that team's in shambles, and the Rams. I mean those guys are old now; they're injured. You know, an injury quote unquote prone. This division doesn't quite feel the same as it did twelve months ago, as a division that was getting three teams in the playoffs, and Russell Wilson was the team that missed, and he was on Seattle. It's like. This thing is a mother. Now it's like the Cardinals suck. The Rams are playing with Skoranek and Baker Mayfield in Seattle. While I do think they're, you know, Snyder proved you let him give him some high picks. He knows what he's doing. Like, like any GM, if you're drafting the twenties, you're going to miss on a lot of picks last year. He had high picks and he crushed it. Seattle could be pretty competitive. I expect them to be. They're just, those guys know what they're doing, but they're not like, the Chiefs, you know, I mean, this division, I would say flipped overnight. Now, I'm not even saying for the 49ers. I'm just saying like the talent and just the teams. It doesn't feel remotely what it did when you and I were sitting doing this exact same thing a year ago. It's kind of crazy. I mean, Kyler, that derails their franchise. The contract or the ACL injury? I mean, that when he's like the ACL injury. Okay. Cause he was on their team. Like he's given the Niners fits. He, he can give you fits. Like that game probably looks a lot different if he plays the whole thing. Right. He's just a, he's been bad also, this year. Yeah. I mean, he's their only chance to be good. Like he's got to yeah, be good for yeah, them to be yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, the Rams, like you brought up the thing with Lombardi said, which, you know, he's been wrong before, but who knows if Stafford's even going to play. Maybe Aaron Donald's like, fuck it. I wanted to retire last year. I wasn't kidding. And Mc, what if McVay's like, damn, have to. I mean, dude, that, that talk wouldn't shock you. The Sean Payton story was like, you know, he just loves L.A. And he doesn't just mean the Chargers. If McVay were to leave, he'd be interested. It's like, what? <laughs> McVay and Brady going to be on the TV market? The same That'd be bad season? if McVay retired and they landed Sean Payton. But they still would need. You know, I know, he's but he's a good just, football coach, and there's still a path where you just need to get players. But you're right. You, you would Sean Payton would be an excellent coach. Just I'm just right telling you, it. if McVay retired, you'd be like, oh, the Rams, that sucks for the Rams. What are they going to do? They're like land Sean Payton. You'd be like, Jesus, 
<laughs> be a pretty good transition if you're going to lose Sean McVay. Three-ish weeks is good on Debo, by the way. Especially if you win Thursday and Debo's just not in a rush. So I would say it was universally ex- uh, accepted when he got carted off. They're like, you're kind of doing the math in your head. You're like, can he come back next year by Thanksgiving? You're like, is Debo rehab? This is going to be bad. When he when he Instagrammed, God is good. It's like, you know, I had thought this when it happened. Anyone who's ever played pickup basketball and rolled their ankle, you think it's shattered. And that pain is like unlike anything. When you get bent back, and for the most part in the NFL, it snaps legs and stuff. But when the doctors were messing with his leg, usually th- those guys are laying flat and they're not budging. They were like torquing his ankle as they went to commercial break. So I was like, you know, clearly he freaked out and I don't blame him. And then he's crying because I think in his mind, he's either overwhelmed with emotion or still he thought scared. Like, my, my scared my knee ripped. And then a couple days later, finds out it's not, and he's good. And he's telling everyone, we're good, A couple guys, days later, that day, he tweeted like, was it that day or the next day? Everyone was like, oh, good at Debo for tweeting. Sorry for stepping over the camera guy after he knocked him over. Did, did he have to apologize for no, that? No, of course not. I don't think he was trying to be addicted. He was like of celebrating with not. his teammates. These guys are in the heat of battle, man. I always, It's always cool when they notice. He did do the slow, up, kind but... of slow motion Allen Iverson over him, though. <laughs> so do you know what's crazy when you watch him take out the camera guy and it happens just in the nfl in general that camera guy sneaky is not that close to the pylon like debo gets hit he flies you know that that guy probably when he's sitting like i'm pretty far away from the action oh and yeah then the speed in which that guy's coming in which the bodies what was the play when the other night when Derek scrambled and leaped and Bobby Wagner hit him. If you watch where Derek ends up, there's like a row of three players just on an NFL sideline. He is well behind that group of guys. Like he is very, he might have honestly rolled into the benches. Like the collisions, the speed people are running when they hit, where they end up. Cause you just kind of then, right when a play ends, kind of look at your phone, do it. If you really watch, like Jesus like Christ, where that guy ended up. <laughs> No wonder they don't let like injured guys who can't move on the sideline. It's not like a safe. ankle if you're in a crutches situation. Yeah. Like why Joe Pa had to spend the year up in the booth. Oh, that's right. Especially, you know, 75 years old, bad knee. It's like he ain't going to move out of the way. Closer to a restroom also. Didn't Dion watch a game or last year when his toe got cut off? Yeah, but then I feel like he was also on the sidelines with crutches. Does he walk with a limp a little now? Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that. I, I've seen both. I've seen, yes, I, I, he must. I mean, you lose a toe, it affects or lose a part of a toe. I don't know exactly. But um, so I he just so. He just flipped like the number eight running back in the country oh, from Notre Dame? He's on fire right now. Travis Hunter already in the bag. Yep. Shador. It feels like he's going to have so many people, transfer portal and sweet recruits, He's not going to have many spots. He's going to have to get people at Colorado to leave to free up spots, right? I mean, I don't know how many available scholarships they have to begin with. They might have quite a few. I'm not sure. But let's just let's just pick a number 20. Yeah. And you get a couple of the guys transferring that you want to bring from Jackson State. You get the transfer portal guys that you want. The Notre Dame guy 
said, like, there are so many other guys that I'm boys with that want into. So let's say you have 20 of those. So you're you're already at, you know, you have an extra 10 people. Well, where are you going to get those 10? You're going to boot people off on the team. You're like, you have to leave. Not only are you never going to play here, I'm never going to talk to you. I will not look at you. I think you have to, like, start being mean to them. Leave. Leave for your own health. You're getting yeah. replaced by a five-star. Yeah, I think I've, I think I bet a bunch of their guys have already hopped in the portal. But I wonder if they want to leave. Like, wouldn't you want to stay? It might be fun. Yeah, they can't make you leave. They can't. I, I would stay. I'd be like, I'm sorry, Prime. You might hate me. I, I want to be here. I feel like you're playing a mental game with me, and I'm going to stick it out like the fucking Navy SEALs. I'm not hitting the, the bell. Refuse to do it. <laughs> I'd rather play. Dion's gonna put you through it, man. Dion's gonna put guys through it. I'd rather never play. And if in like two years we like win the Pac-12, I can say forever I was part of it with Prime. I was one of Prime's guys. Oh, he selected you. No, he tried to run me off several times. Because if you're academic, if you don't, if you're academically eligible, there's nothing they can do. Uh, John, a uh, little uh, little news story here. Uh, Jeff Saturday uh, has made it clear he wants to coach full-time and plans on interviewing for the Colts' head coaching job in January, quote, if they'll have me. I wouldn't have blame they, Have just, they won since the Raider game? Um, I don't think so. No, they haven't. Uh, the question is, does Jeff Saturday want to be like uh, assistant O-line coach or just – just head coach like Marsh. Remember when we interviewed Marshall Falk and he wanted the story was like, he wanted to be a head coach, but he didn't want to be any other kind of coach, just a head coach Yeah, in the NFL too. Right. Oh, in the NFL. That's right. Yeah. Good yeah. luck there, Marshall. Um, we talked about Kyler's ACL. Uh, we don't really need to get into Manning Castle. And she had a take. I, I enjoy it. Um, you see Messi's goal today. It occurred to me. I saw you tweet about Messi. I only did he get a penalty yeah. kick? No, that was I, I tweeted when he did a sweet assist. He went gotcha. the entire saw length that. of the field, cut it left at the end, boxed this guy out yep. bigger than him, and then just does his little tap and then the boob, and it was sweet. That was the second goal, right? No, that was to make it three nothing. I think three nothing. It was two nothing. That made it three nothing. The guy that went coast to coast. <clears throat> that was the second goal, maybe. I only. I, I I sometimes act like I've watched more of the game. I just have looked up a couple times during messy games. He scored, and then I've changed the television or walked away. I uh, I thought that's what we were getting with Pulisic. So uh, false advertising. I thought uh, they were like a shorter guy, number ten, Captain America. I'm like, oh, it must be yeah, messy. I thought that's what we were getting with Pulisic. So uh, uh, my apologies to Christian. Uh, unfair um, expectations that I I placed on him, John. When everyone you start calling a guy. We shouldn't call the captain of the American team, or I don't even know if he's the captain, the best player on our team, Captain America, just automatically. To me, you got to, like, you know, do some stuff for America. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea, he did score, cool. He did, score, he did score a big goal against yeah, one of those that, teams. that was a good goal. I mean, he hurt his, you know, he sort of had the nut injury on that one. Um, so that was a great goal, but I thought the assist was like the guy who had the assist on that goal deserves every bit of Captain America. I thought it was a great assist. Here's what I know: as someone that watches zero soccer beside a couple weeks of the year every four years, but is an expert, but just sees on Twitter and on Instagram how sweet Ronaldo and Messi are. I feel like for the last decade, when this World Cup has come and you watch those two guys, you're like, holy fuck! 
Ronaldo for years doing like and headers, yeah. doing sweet. Yeah, yeah, he had some issues. A little older now, but <laughs> not necessarily. I, like this I didn't World get Cup, the full explanation on that one. Me too. But like in past World Cups, he does sweet shit. Messi still is like clearly just the most dominant player. Feels like he's like Tiger Woods in his prime. You're like, Jesus, this guy's unstoppable. Yet I always feel like the American soccer guy tries to put our guys on a pedestal, and then I watch him, and just the eye test. I'm like, I'm not seeing it, guys. I just, do, I'm not seeing it, guys. I'm not seeing it. Why are our guys so skinny? Argentina, in fairness, has a bunch of guys that are small like Messi, but they are sweet. Yeah, they have the coolest vibe to them. Every guy vibe. pulls off perfectly. The, the guy the that tattoos. went coast to coast, the goal was awesome. Their colors are sweet. They're my squad. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, um, I'm rooting for Morocco. You know, the world is rooting for Morocco against France. But then is that bad? Like, I don't want to blow out in the championship game. Yeah, I'm rooting for uh, I'm rooting for Argentina. So regardless, I feel pretty confident that they're beating whoever they got to play. I think France has been the favorite in the tournament. Mm. Mbappe. Who's that? Francis guy. I've learned a lot, John, like five names during this World Cup. I'm a changed man. I've learned a lot of names. I, I just think this the strategy for American soccer isn't that complicated. Just give us a couple messies. We know what sweet shit looks like. It's why Kobe, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, fucking Derek Jeter. We like winners. We like sweet players. We know what sweet players are. We Most people know nothing about tennis, but you're like, oh, Serena. Roger Federer. Like, we just like sweet players. We never have sweet players. We've been promised over the years. I was like, how about this kid, Freddie Adu? We're like, oh, shit, Freddie Adu. We'll and it works him. for a while because I don't have to actually – I'm not going to see for four years. So but, we, but when that four year comes, they better produce, guy. <laughs> Messi, you know what he does? He just scores goal after goal after goal after goal after goal. Now, I understand he's like the greatest soccer player ever, but you, the hype machine, I feel for us, puts a guy on that pedestal too yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. He's like a Ronaldo mixed with a little Pele. Oh, is he we Chelsea's even... best player? Well, no. I mean, he comes off the bench for them, but yet actually, he's on the B squad. He's not a good even team. on. You got to understand. Manchester United has been sniffing around on him. Like, are they going to buy him? No. Well, they're finding, but there's seven other options. This Japanese guy might actually take his spot. Farhan so, would love him. Yeah, our our goalie our, our goalie was a walk on at Ferris State. You, did you read a story about the goalie on our team? He's like, what? And honestly, he's pretty cool. Like it was a good story, but uh I read the story that there were there was a, 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 a an argument in one of our training sessions in practice. And I read the story and I'm like, I, I don't World Cup's been over for the Americans for two weeks. I don't care who yelled at who. I don't care. This is not a story. The key to soccer is clearly to know when to use uh uh how do they say it? They say uh, it or they, you know, it's like in soccer. Um, uh, they say, uh, what are they like? Argentina pronouns? is. Yeah. Instead of are they like they say are instead of is. Right. I think it, which is grammatically correct. Argentina are a good team. Right. Instead of Argentina is a good team. I, I think the main problem it's funny to me when the American announcers do that because the rest of us don't talk that way, but it is proper. If you call a guy up for baseball and you look him in the eye and you go, you're going to get 10 ABs this week. 
and you better show us something. It'd be a lot of pressure, right? And I would say the overwhelming percentage of players, whether it was Albert Pujols or Guy Haberman, would probably fail if that's how you if you told them to start the week. You're getting ten abs, and at minimum, you better get a couple of hits and hit the ball hard. You'd be like, "Holy shit!" Are you never coming back up for us? It's kind of what the World Cup is. Like most Americans are not locked in on soccer, but we like big events. We like America, and we just the World Cup seems cool. But you only get three games. Right, sometimes four if you if you somehow qualify. So the pressure is on these guys in those three moments when most people are watching. And I would say the overwhelming time for us, we just don't we go like one for ten. All we, we don't need to go ten for ten. Could we just have a, a World Cup where it feels like we go four for ten with a couple? Didn't you of hear months? this was a successful trip? I, I don't feel like it was. <laughs> hey, by the way, do you know we have three Saturday NFL games this week? I don't think I have NFL Network, and I think that's what it's on. <laughs> uh, you know, and you can't use Sunday. Well, I got I got YouTube TV. I realize I've never. Why? Why do you ever watch NFL Network? Right? Like I don't need it for any games. Used to have to have it right for the games, and I used to just watch and stumble upon it. But now mm-hmm. that I don't really have it, I'd never go there. Yeah, There's no games. I'm not going to watch right. like Ike Taylor break down fucking the Monday night game. But then I saw on the schedule that they're all NFL Network games. I'm like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? I don't know. I haven't quite figured that out. Yeah. Hmm. And Sunday Ticket won't let you watch them through Sunday Ticket because they're NFL Network? I do my Walnut Creek place. I still have a cable there. Sign that in? Yeah. I was going to check the other day, but it wasn't working. Uh, Well, the problem, I was going to say you could use mine, but I think NFL Network makes you, I think you have to be on your home Wi-Fi to use that. For a game? I think you have to be on your home Wi-Fi to stream NFL Network. In other words, the Wi-Fi where you're getting the service. Wasn't that worried about the first two games, but I'm interested in watching Tua fail. Kind of sick of me. Colts-Vikings is the first game. Ravens-Browns is the second game. I actually had the same thought on Dolphins-Bills, which is the third game. By the way, Sunday night game, football team Giants. So the good news for the Niners when it comes to the football team, football team's coming off. Not a short week, but, you know, they play Sunday night to a road game with the Niners on a short week Saturday, and the Niners have extended time off. So it is a short week for Washington. Really the perfect time to play your Thursday game if you're the Niners when your following game is a Saturday, whereas the football team's coming off a Sunday night game before the Niners' Saturday game. So it is a shorter week for Washington, who has to make the travel. Think about the Patriots last night, right? They leave Arizona. I mean, what time do they leave? Midnight? What time do they get back to New England? Would it be crazy for the Patriots to... Well, I mean, they that'd probably be a little crazy to stay on the West Coast. They play the Raiders. No, I, I, I wonder if they did stay out here. Why would you go home? Go to Sam Boyd Stadium or something? You could stay in Arizona for a couple of days. It's an hour flight. Maybe go could up they there use the Raiders years? facility and then be like, hey, UNLV told us we could use their field. <laughs> Is this your field too? Yeah, I could do Arizona. I could do L.A. Yeah, Patriots are. They will stay out west in preparation. James on the stream says they're staying in Vegas. Yeah, Schefter tweeted, after tonight's win over the Cardinals, the Patriots will stay out west and spend the rest of the week in Arizona before traveling to Vegas. They have you know, some of the high school stadiums out here are pretty fucking incredible. I'm sure they could use uh, ASU is not preparing for a bowl game. Neither is. Oh, Arizona, Jed Fish coached. 
I don't know where they'll stay. It's a little further probably to get to Tucson. I could see but. Bill going down to Tucson. Not much for his guys to do. Screw around. Yeah. Artificial surface. You can just fly. Could. Couldn't you just charter the jet out of Tucson to Vegas? Yep. yep. I bet 100% Jed told him to come down there, don't you think? You oh, just wait room. Jed, Jed would have loved it. Absolutely. On a re- Probably a recruiting time. Have some recruits wander by while the Patriots are there. If I was Kenny Dillingham, I would have gone on the horn and said, Bill, you can stay here, buddy. Yeah. Uh, any other good Lions, Jets this weekend? You mentioned that. Mm, Eagles, Bears, Chiefs, Texans. Woof. Sunday is... Uh, Bengals, Bucks. The Sunday night game is honestly... What's Monday night football? Rams, Packers. Jesus. Baker, <laughs> Baker, Baker. That, that ad, that makes that game a little more watchable, doesn't well, it? <laughs> it makes it watchable. Maybe, but maybe not also. Yeah. Where's that Bay, game? Green Bay. Wow. All right. Uh, we will see everybody again live on Thursday night. Thanks for hanging with us, y'all. Anything else to add? I like to ask. That's all I got. Keep keep dominating, San Francisco Giants. Looks like they're signing a lot of sweet players. Hey, swing your sword. Ross Stripling not doing it for you? Swing your sword, Farhan. Slashing payroll. Jesus. <laughs> Later, y'all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.